When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Down the hatch, that drink goes, Petey. No, but my point, I love, I actually love how you get to tell a few people, you got go picture, kid. I used to put some, I used to put some like, oof, oof into it, you know? I love this town. It's a crazy town. Things happen. Things go up. Things go down. But it's uh, it's fun. It's what I do. I like it a lot. I'm going to tell you. Hey, everybody. It's Dutch Allen here. And we are in uh, the 10th episode. It's beginning here for Inside Tinseltown here on the Napsuck Files podcast feed. Uh, if you're listening uh, because you're a fan of uh, Kenny Napsuck, uh, he's a good kid, good kid. Uh, but this is what I do here on uh, Saturday nights. About once a month, I come on here. And I take over the airwaves, as they say here. Dutch Allen, former Hollywood producer, former Hollywood big shot. I say former because as much as I wish I had my table at the Ivy still, it's no lunch for me. You know what I mean? It's okay. I was never one for too fancy a dining. I enjoy it there. Uh, but I, I, I sometimes, I, I don't mind eating a burger at, a, at an airport. Did a lot of traveling back in the days. And like I got to tell you, when you first started hitting the road, uh, air travel, you forget that the planes themselves uh, got better and, and that the planes used to be just, you know, smoke traps for all the people smoking on, on trains. I uh, Trains and planes. Um, I apologize for everyone who came before me and for everyone that was in my generation. I'm looking at you, Petey. Petey's my producer. Uh, sometimes it's just me and Petey talking, and that's just why uh, he gets a, a bulk of the conversation here on the Inside Tinseltown. It's uh, me supposed to be giving inside scoops to you, but I'll tell you what, I apologize for everyone in my generation, uh, Petey. We did some great things, all right? I don't take, you know, greatest generation, I'm not quite in that one. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. We made some mistakes, but we did some things right. And uh, you know what? I think that's what life is about. I don't think you can worry Overall, did you, did you hit every every pitch? No. A good batter's three. Three out of ten gets you 300, you know, and you're getting a good contract. Though nowadays I know they measure they measure baseball stats in such a it's, – it's, it goes all over the place now. Uh, it, drive, it, it drives me bonkers, but the game's got to change, and I'm okay with that. Life's got to change. Life's got to change. But I don't mind like, – air travel, that's where I was going there. Now, if you go into a, an airport there, I was recently in LAX there, and it was it was it was it was a hop at night. It was Friday night. Uh, I tell you what, the, the choices there for you to eat and lounge, maybe get your shoes shined, get a get your back rubbed rub down. And the options there, uh, and JFK's like this too in New York. There's so much there. Like I wish you could just I could just buy a ticket and go in and not fly but eat. Uh, reason for travel. I'm not traveling. I just want to. I just want to bite it. The chilies too. You serious? Yeah. It's it's quick and convenient. And it tastes good. I, it's it's a night out for me and the lady. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be okay with that, there, Petey. Everybody, we're here. I can't believe ten full episodes here on the Napsack Files podcast feed show that uh, you know when I, uh, I I used to go uh, grab an Italian lunch with Kenny Napsack. I'd meet up with him there at a place. Uh, uh, down there uh, in uh, the west side, uh, where, the west side, kind of the Westwood area. I don't, I don't want to give the location away, but it's a great place. We get a, we get a plate of pasta, and we'd share some meals and stories, and and, uh, and Kenny Hapsack was like, you got to get on the airwaves here. you got to start a podcast. I don't have the time for that. But we got this studio here. We hire Petey, and now I'm on the Napsack Files, and it's 10 episodes in, and I, I want to thank all of you who, who uh, listen to me, Dutch Allen, and get it. I appreciate. Not everyone gets it. They've made that very clear, very clear. They use the sh- social media, they use the comments, and we don't like you, Dutch. I, what are you going to do? Half of them are probably the screenwriters that I said no to. But going, uh, going back to what I was talking about there, Petey, uh, you know, my signature back in the day, 
was you got go picture, kids. Or kid. And I used to, I used to know when I was sitting there taking a pitch. By the way, uh, the main reason we're here tonight is I'm going to review the Lion King picture. I had the ability uh, to see that, fortunate enough to see it at the El Capitan Theater the other night, which is a, a quality picture house. And uh, they are very generous. Let me tell you something. We'll get into my story now. Those at the El Capitan, uh, El Capitan uh, Picture House are uh, very generous with their popcorn. I, uh, me and my lady friend, we ordered a large corn. And the bucket is ample. You know what I mean? You're not going to want for popcorn. I said, I walked up. I said, I hey, will have two, two of the soda pops, a large corn, and we want a bag of chocolate treats there. Uh, the one was the peanuts. And... Uh, they said, okay, well, the large, the large corn comes with uh, a free refill. I said, that sounds fantastic. I don't even know if I'll need it. But halfway through this, this picture, I might come back and take you up on that offer. They said, well, actually, sir, we're going we're gonna to give you the, the popcorn now in the separate tray uh, because we're going to close the concessions. It was a screening, press screening night there, so not normal business operations there. So I said, okay, I understand that. Um, uh, you give me this uh, tray of corn there. And they do. And it was like, I'm telling you, it was like I had a small Fiat worth with their popcorn there. You could have filled a clown car with all the popcorn me and the lady had, and uh, it was a great time. It was a great time. I love it. But we can talk about The Lion King here. It's, it's, it's a movie, movie review of uh, Johnny Favreau's uh, Lion King picture that came out there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. But um, when I would take a pitch for some from some young writers there, uh, I, I would know, I would have a pretty good idea going in if I was going to be saying yes. Uh, you got about 30 seconds to convince me otherwise if it's if I'm thinking it's going to be no, it's not your time. And more often than not, you talk about baseball stats, I think it's I'm 8 for 10 out of uh, meetings. Uh, eight of them are going no. Two are going yes, maybe. That's on a good week. Good week. And I didn't, I wasn't one of those... Uh, I wasn't one of those producers that like to take, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of pitches. I took 35 pitches last week, they would say. Yeah, you know, who gives a damn? Who gives a damn, all right? I'd rather have five good quality picture pitches than say, oh, I got 38 today. Bunk. They're all crap. But I would know going in. Let me tell you something, Petey. I look across that table. I say, go. That's all I'd say. You know, they, and I get it. They're coming in there. They're dressed all nice. They're dressed how they're, they're the current trends of the time. And I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen the screenwriters come in with the white uh, press dress shirts, sleeves rolled up, and, and uh, ties on like the the they're writing newspapers in 1940. There, like they're all Jimmy Stewart uh, hats and suits, being prim and proper. And here I am smoking a cig, crossing them in my desk. Foolish. I still do it. I know. And sipping a drink like I am now, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going down good tonight. Some good whiskey there. I'd sit across them. I see them. And then, sometimes, then, then eventually uh, the Artur came in. That's why I talk about Georgie Lucas and all those guys and uh, Frankie Coppola and uh, Marty Scorsese. Uh, they would come in there and they'd have their ideas and they'd have their neat, neat suits or their you know, flannels and whatnot. And then it kind of started to come back, the, the fashion uh, but then, uh, then there became this uh, slacker period there, where I think the, the writers came in looking like, "Hey, I got a, I got a sweatshirt on. I don't care." And I, I never held any of that against him. It's a sign of the times, you know. It's going to be what it's going to be. But I look, I would, I would look across, and a lot of them, I get it, they're nervous, but they, they want to make chit chat. Hey, how you doing, Mister Heller? We're so happy to be here. Good thing for this opportunity. Uh, I love that post on your wall. I don't have time for that kid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold against him. But I'd look across them. I'd look at them in the eye, whether it was one screenwriter or two. Occasionally you get three, like a producer attached or something like that, especially in the later days. I'd look across at them. Petey, just like I'm looking you in the eyes right now. Take a drag of my cigar. Go. That's all I'd say. They, they could be mid-sentence. They'd be like, oh, when's the last time you got to take your speedboat out? I heard you enjoy going on the lake and having fun on the speed. Go. And I, like I said, I would know. I would know. But here's the thing. I might look across and look on the name on the list and say, oh, today's going to be a no. And you got 30 seconds. 
30 seconds, kids. If you're out there pitching a movie, if you got yourself the, the screenplay of your life that you've, you've worked all your time on, and you're getting that pitch, you got 30 seconds to change your life. But there'd be times, I'll tell you something, Petey. There'd be times the meeting would start, and I'd say, go. And uh, I'm thinking in my head, well, this is going to be a yes. Uh, and you got about a 40-second a, a window to lose it. I'm with you for 15 seconds because I'm already excited of the project there. You could lose it. And so when I would know, you know, I, w- I would know, I'd look across, and when the moment, well, I used to love that moment. I'd really, because I'd be quiet, sm- smoking, drinking, looking, nodding when I'm supposed to nod, which is how do you, you want to know how you get through marriage. Nod when you're supposed to nod, even if you're not listening. I would, I would do all that stuff there, and then it became time, and they'd end their pitch like a ta-da, and I just, I uh, would hold it for a second, hold it for a second, and finally I'd lean back, take in a breath, maybe another drag on the cigarette, and I'd lean forward. You got go picture. I'd really put some oomph into it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, Lion King's out in the theaters. And here's our review here now on Inside Tinseltown. Uh, now, I had seen the cartoon of the Lion King the first time around. Now, I thought I saw the right one at the time. This is the 90s, right? Heady days of the 90s. Uh, we weren't doing the illicit drugs as much back then. We, st- we learned a lot of our mistakes. So I saw what I thought was uh, the Lion King, and I thought, well, this ain't that great. This ain't that great. As someone told me, I had uh, obtained a VHS copy of, like, the third sequel to The Lion King that was straight to tape uh, back then. Back, you know, now, now you got the streaming services. You got all these things there. You, you know, a lot of chances. You got Go Pictures uh, a lot of places now, right? Uh, but I got to tell you, I, I sat there uh, watching this. I was like, yeah, this ain't that great. Some of the singers all right. Lions are dancing and stuff. And then uh, my assistant says, oh, so you got, like, uh, Simba goes to Hollywood or something like that. I said, oh, okay. So I ended up getting the actual one, which remember VHS tapes back in the day, uh, PD, you're probably too young. I, I know you remember VHS tapes. I'm sure you watched some that uh, you should have been watching there, PD. Trading them out back with your friends. I know. Buried them in the desert or the forest. Uh, I get it. I get it. Um, I, I VHS tapes used to come in these clamshells, they called them, these big giant plastic monstrosities that probably uh, killed 14 dolphins just to make them. You know what I mean? Like, not good for the earth. Uh, and that's where tapes used to come in. It, it, it was like you were you handed uh, the Book of Life or something. You're going to, like, like St. Peter's going to open this up, find your name, you're in heaven, and you get to watch The Lion King. Take the tape. Go in, kid. So... I finally watched the uh, the right Lion King. This is, I think, by now it's like ninety six, and it's great. Hakata Matata, uh, can you feel uh, the singing tonight and all that stuff? Hey, I got it. It was uh, it was past uh, definitely past my age group, but I got it. It was one of those generational movies. Uh, it affects a lot of people there, so I was very interested. To, um, the Walt Disney team has been doing this thing where they've been. Uh, Remaking their famous uh, famous movies uh, that are usually uh, cartoons, and then they, they uh, now they remake them as, with people, and, and they put them on, on the screen. And, and there's some, I'll tell you what, there's some debate. I mean, I get it. Uh, I saw the, the what's the, what's the one the the book of the jungle. Uh, I saw that one, and it's tough. You know, it's like there's a human in there, and then a bunch of computer graphics. Uh, so is it is it uh, live action? There, eh? I think it is. I get it, but I don't, I don't worry about the semantics of it there. Some people do, and God bless those people. I don't have time for that in life. I don't got, I don't got enough uh, time left on the earth to get a, a debate with some, uh, you know, film blogger, um, you know, someone who, you know, writes about movies and in the spare time competes in trivia contests on the internet about it. Uh, I don't have time to debate what's a live-action movie or not, all right? God damn, it's in the theater. It's a movie. It's got humans in it. It's got kids in it singing. Or, I, you know the difference. Quit effing around with it. Gosh, makes me mad. So I know uh, Walt Disney team has uh, been doing this there, and I think it's interesting. I think it's a way. It's a way to 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 mine the nostalgia for the generations that uh, watched these pictures when they first came out. And it's a it's a smart business move. But at the same time, you're bringing in the new kids. Uh, the kids of those people affected, or the, the nieces and nephews, um, 
in some cases. And, uh, you know, hey, uh, you liked when the teacup sang the song to the candle? Great. We got it here on the big screen. Uh, you can get it with the real people. You can get it with the cartoons. Pay for both. And I guess it could be, you could be real cynical about that there, Petey. But I, I, can't, I can't stress enough. This is business, right? Show business, right? The old line. Show business. Show business. Of course, it's business. So uh, the Walt Disney team has got something just spectacular going because uh, the, 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 the re-release and the hits, the cover songs, all right? The cover songs of their old hits there, and that's, it's, it's, uh, that's the way you do it. Some of my favorite musical artists uh, will release their greatest hits albums. You know, what's, pro- what's the problem with Kenny Loggins releasing his greatest hits in, a, in one uh, location, one cassette tape? Yeah, it's not a problem. I like that. I like that a lot. Did I ever tell you the time? I'll tell you what. I ended up on a skiing trip with Kenny Loggins. I had known Loggins back when he worked with Jim Messina. And I better, I think we, we brought him in to maybe use one of his songs in a movie. Something like that. I'm going to take a sip of this stuff here. So I, I pressed the button to get it off mic. I know people don't like the slurping in their ears. Is this? That's bad, according to Petey. I'm pressing the button. See, that's, that's a button. Button I'm pressing. Try it, Petey. Don't look at me like that. I think it was about 79. And I ended up in Aspen, Colorado with Kenny Loggins and Jim Messina and uh, some ladies of choice. Uh, I can't remember if I was... What year was that? 78, 79? So it was like between my uh, fourth and fifth wife at the time there, I think. Because I went back to the third for a while. We didn't get married. Um, and that was when the second tried to sue me. I think it was around that time. It doesn't matter, though. We had some friends. And um, we were up there. Nicholson was up there, too. He wasn't hanging out with us as much. You know, he likes... Uh, Jack Nicholson likes the rock and roll. He was friends with the monkeys. Uh, directed their picture there. And, uh, you know, he doesn't just like basketball, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't feeling the vibe. We hung out there. We had some hot chocolate. Uh, let me tell you something. That hot chocolate didn't have a little more than marshmallows in it. You know what I mean? Uh, we were down there in the, in the lobby of one of the ski launches there. And I don't, I'm not a great skier. I'm not a strong skier, but it's fun. I'll go down a slope and I'll put on the mittens. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it's up there for the atmosphere. Aspen's a great place. All right. So I was up there. I was... Um, I was up there, and uh, uh, we, uh, we, we I, I didn't know Longins and Messina too well there, but they had some good songs. But we were going to use them in a picture. Uh, it might have been Smokey and the Bandit. We were putting that picture together there, and I was trying to get a t- cassette tape in front of Bert and, um, and Sally, but it, it didn't really work out. But um, long so short, uh, Kenny Loggins uh, is a great talent, and uh, my point is uh, he has a right to go back to his old hits, uh, maybe redo them, rearrange them, and... Uh, release some greatest hits and make some money all over again. What's wrong with that there? You know? Uh, and Walt Disney team seems to be doing that. Walt Disney team seems to be um, going back to the vaults, dusting them off, uh, but saying, yeah, watch it again for the first time. You know what's interesting? Remember, remember they started doing this thing there that some of these bigger pictures of theirs, like going out of print. Am I remember that right, Petey? Like, uh, what's the one with the, uh, you know, uh, the mermaids underwater? She comes up above with the, she's got feet suddenly. Um, she, um, she was, uh, yeah, that one, whatever, uh, Ariel's Grotto, whatever it was. That one, like, didn't they go out of print for a while? Like, a lot of this pig, like Beauty and the Beast and everything, all the classics, like, after a while, you, like, couldn't get them. Buy it today, it's going away. I think that should have been a sign of what's to come in there, that the Walt Disney team was just going to re- take these away from you. You can't watch them. Hold on to your memories, but we're going to give you new memories. That's genius. That's genius. So, uh, Lion King. Uh, I could talk for days about the popcorn experience at the El Capitan Picture House, but I uh, found some good seats. Um, and the thing, I, I tell you what, the thing about the El Capitan Theater, if you have a chance to go to the bathrooms or downstairs... Uh, to the right or to the left, and you have to, no, it's just to the right. Like, I, I forget what it is. It's, I always take the same stairs. Creature habit there, Petey. And, you know, you got to uh, put out the fire there with your fire hose, and you got to go downstairs, and it takes a while. I, I kind of at first didn't like that there. 
Because a lot of times, especially the older you get, you know, your prostate's as hot as a rock. And you, 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 I sometimes can't make it through a, a, a picture. And uh, uh, I like getting up, running as fast as I can. I don't want to look like, I, I want to keep my dignity there. People know. You get up in the middle of the, of the second act of a, of a picture. People know, this guy's got to drain the, the, the lizard. You know, it's, it's embarrassing to me. We all got to do it. But I just feel like I'm sorry. I didn't prepare. I drank too much soda pop when I when my extra large corn, and now I got to go tinkles. You know, what do you got to do? But I get past that. I actually didn't have to go. It's a pretty quick movie here. John Favreau is the director of this picture. And he's putting it together. And I got to tell you, I, have, I love John Favreau. I love John Favreau. I'll tell you that plain as day. Um, I I looked at this kid. He was in what's the football picture? With the with the Hobbit that makes a team, Rudy, that's the one. So he was in that one there. I didn't really see that one, but he was in this picture that comes out there. Uh, Zach Penn uh, wrote part of the picture, and Hart uh, Hart Bachner directed it. It was uh, 1994. It, it, it was the PCU. That's the one. I remember that. I was uh, I was winding down my career at this point. There, you know, uh, I wasn't getting the hits, and I I, I had my. Uh, I had my time, you know. I knew I knew the time was coming to an end there. But I, uh, they were putting together this picture, and I didn't know uh, the director Hart too well. Uh, but it was produced by Paul Schiff, and I knew I knew Paulie. And um, they showed me a rough cut of this thing there, and they were thinking of there's a character. There's a lot of main characters in this one. Uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, he's uh, not quite the Piven that we know, but he's still doing Piven, and and no one does Piven like Piven. Uh, and he, he's doing good there, and it stars. Uh, you know who's in that picture? Jessica Walter. Later went on to rest of development fame there about 10 years after. But uh, uh, David Spade's in the picture. Uh, Spadely, I'll tell you what, I know Spadely. We've gone out, uh, we got, we tell you what, David Spade and I and Schneider, Rob Schneider, and some of the folks from that era, uh, we, they're out here in Los Angeles in the mid-90s uh, on a summer break from uh, Lorne Michaels' comedy show there, the, the variety show that he does. And... We had a good time. There's a place on Sunset Boulevard called the Seventh Vale, and you can look it up on the uh, on the Google machine there. And we uh, we went across the street. There's like some restaurant. It might have been Brazilian, Portuguese. I don't know. It wasn't American. There was no bulls in it or anything like that. Because you know, the place up the street, you can ride the bull. I never did that. God damn it. I would never do that. If, I, if I'm ashamed to go tinkle in the middle of a picture, there's no way I'm going to get up in front of a crowded restaurant and ride a bull. It takes a lot of guts. I'm not, I'm not saying to people who do it are bad. It takes a lot of guts. I can't do it. So, uh, Spadley, Schneider, some other people. Smigel might have been there. Robert Smigel might have been there. Um, we ate at this uh, restaurant, uh, had some, like, uh, you know, Brazilian steak or something like that, something something exotic there, not, not like a plate of spaghetti, you know what I mean? We go across the street to this place, uh, uh, I think it's called the Seventh Vale, um, and hot damn, I'll tell you what, it was a fun night. I don't remember much of it. I just remember at some point I'm in the middle of Sunset Boulevard shaking hands with a sheriff deputy, and uh, Spade's got two girls uh, getting into his uh, into his uh, SUV there, uh, his Ford Explorer. And um, I don't remember much. I just remember having a good time. Might have been why uh, the fifth wife uh, didn't have a, well, good time in the mid-90s with me. Here's the thing, though. Spade, Spade was going to be a star. Spade Lee was going to be a star, and I think he's funny. And I think he's talented. I think he might be lost on the current generation. I think a lot of people didn't see him. They didn't get him. He didn't get his vibe. I loved it. He was he was snarky. He was above it all, but he knew his place. I think that's a that's a powerful mix. You can be funny. You can take your shots. And he pissed people off. I'll tell you what. David Spade pissed people off in the mid-90s. I'll tell you what. I got a call from Antonio Banderas. He says, hey, Dutch. I won't do his accent because it's probably incorrect for me to do. Um... He says, uh, I know your friends with Spade. I heard the stories. I know about the sheriff deputy. You better tell him I'm going to knock him out. He takes one more shot of me and my wife, Melanie Griffith. I'm going to come after him. I mean, what are you going to do with that? I like Ben Darris. I think Zorro's an underrated picture. I was like, I, you know what? I said, Tony, I will do whatever I can. But Spade didn't care. He didn't care. He, 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 the world was in front of him. What are you going to do? He was going to be a star. Who now, now Piven uh, shot up after this too. I, I like I like Piven. Uh, he's got a 
He's got a, he's got a style. So, uh, Paulie Schiff and Hot Bachner, the director, they come, they come to my office there, and I still had an office on uh, on the studio lot there. They come in there, and they say, "We want you, we want you to watch a cut of this of this movie," and I, and I do. I watch this cut, and they were going to cut a scene. Favreau's in the picture. He's playing like a, a down-and-out college kid. And I'll tell you what, PCU, if you watch PCU now, I don't think it passes the test of time. I think there's things in there that you probably couldn't get away with now. And that's, that's, that's okay. Change is okay. Much like, you know, Major League Baseball needs to change sometimes. Not too much, but they need to change. Uh, picture comedies need to change sometimes, too. Let's be honest. doesn't mean you can't come sometimes uh, have fun with them. Um, they got to go picture. You can enjoy them. Anyways, they were going to cut a scene. Uh, Favreau's uh, playing a character in the movie called Gutter. And there's a line that keeps coming up there. And um, he's it, it, his delivery of this line, I'll say the line. And if, if, if you get offended by it out there listening, I apologize. Uh, the line was, blow me where the Pampers is. And he's having this like psychotic incident. He's on high on the high on the marijuana or something like that there. And... Favreau's uh, sitting there as gutter, and he just he, the way he says it, blow me where the pampers is. I'm I'm laughing in the office, <laughs> just like ah, ah, ah. and uh, Paulie Schiff and Hart, they're like, we're, th- we're thinking of cutting the picture. We're, th- we're thinking of cutting this. I said, God damn you two, listen to me. I said, sit down. I said that John Favreau has got stories in his eyes. He tells stories with his eyes, his every being. I want to know more about his character. Gutter. Give me PCU the gutter stories. There's something going on with this guy. This is a star. I said, well, you know, David Spade. I said, I know I love Spadely. I love Spade. He's got something there too. Piven's got something. But I said, let me, I said, mark my words. Swear to God, Petey, you don't believe me. I wish I tape recorded it on my boombox because I had one in the office. I used to listen to that Loggins and Messina stuff. I swear, I swear, I told them, I said, when it's all said and done and they start counting the receipts on these three careers, I said, Johnny Favreau is going to be the best of them all. I said, he can do anything he wants. He wants to write. He wants to direct. Do it. He's going to do it. And I I tell you, I am telling you, damn it, I'm right. So, what? We get, what? We got to take a break? All right. I haven't even reviewed the movie yet, Petey. I want to review the movie. The movie. Not the movie, the movie. I got to take a break. Got to pay some bills. I understand. I understand the business. All right, everybody. Dutch Allen here. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, I'm going to actually review the Lion King picture that I saw, the El Capitan Picture House, uh, directed by the very talented John Favreau. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right? I do it okay? Yeah, Petey. Just tell me, is that, is that what that means? Cut? Wrap it up? Okay. I got it. I'm, I'm learning stuff. <laughs> What do you want from me? I'm sweating balls here. <laughs> Dutch Allen here. Inside Tinseltown, we go inside Hollywood. I'm going to review a picture before I get pulled off the air. I'm kidding, Petey. The Lion King by the Walt Disney team. It's a live-action remake of the classic that was first seen on VHS, I guess in the theaters too. Famous songs. People like them. Celine Dion, did she have a song in that? I think she did. Elton probably had one too, right? I can't remember. Which one did Celine Dion do? Did she do the mermaid picture or the teacup singing to the candle? I can't remember. Doesn't matter. You've got go picture here with Dutch Allen, and they got a go picture for the Lion King. 
This is an amazing thing that we're doing here that we're seeing up on the screen. We've got a story about the jungle. Though I'll tell you what, not a lot of trees, not as much as I thought. It's like it's like the, the, the plains, the Serengeti plains or something like that. Beautiful vistas there, beautiful vistas. You've got uh, the lions there. Uh, Mufasa is uh, Darth Vader plays him, James Earl Jones. Uh, and I'll tell you, Jimmy Jones is one of my favorites. He's getting up there, he's 88, but he's, he's doing good. He comes back to voice uh, the daddy, the king. Uh, and you got uh, the young kid, a talented kid, Donald Glover, uh, voicing, uh, the, I think, the grown-up version. I don't know how they did that. But anyways, it doesn't matter. A lot of you listening probably know the story. It's, it's a simple story. Uh, king uh, dies in a bad accident with uh, hyenas. His brother used to be played by Jeremy Irons. Uh, it's not now, uh, uh, but uh, he he did it, but no one knows. And then uh, they, he blames the, the kid, uh, Simba. And you're asking, Dutch, you have a problem with details. How do you know Simba's name so clearly? I'll tell you why. Grandkids. I probably spent oh well over a thousand dollars one Christmas on Simba merchandise, and going to Disneyland with the grandkids. Give me more Simba. Buy me a plush Simba. I'd like to eat a dead deer like Simba. I'm telling you, I know Simba. So he he runs off and he he uh, befriends uh, like a warthog and a ferret. And uh, they sing him a bunch of songs. Uh, he ends up having sex with his uh, f- uh, female friend. And he comes back and he, and he avenges his father. It's a simple story. I get it. But what they did here, I'm watching this movie. And I'll tell you, there was a time. There was, uh, have you ever been down to San Diego Zoo? I know a lot of people go to that uh, San Diego comic uh, gathering there soon. And that's okay. I've had good times there. But... I went to the San Diego Zoo once with Charles Grodin. It was, uh, he had just finished shooting uh, The Great Muppet Caper. And Diana Rigg was in that picture. Who says she's in the, the Dragon Show, The Game of Thrones. And uh, Charles Grodin is a, is a very quiet, dignified, smart man. Very funny. But he plays his character so well. I used to love watching him go on uh, David Letterman's program. All versions, all versions of uh, the Letterman program. And um, Charles Grodin is so reserved that you take it for granted. You think you're going to, oh, he's like, let's go to the zoo. We're down there for for a conference, uh, some kind of business. I forget. Maybe it was one of those uh, comic conventions back in the day. I don't know. But he just finished Great Muppet Camp, but this is early 80s. He's like, let's go down to the zoo. I said, all right, let's go down to the zoo. We'll walk around. We'll see some... Uh, lions, some tigers and bears, uh, oh my, all the thing. We'll do the thing. Flash forward. Two hours in, we had a nice lunch. Two hours in, Charles Grodin is hanging over the edge of the lion pit. I'm holding on to him thinking I might have to jump in. Some news teams start showing up. The authorities show up, but I'm afraid to let him go. And I'm like, get the lion out of the arena. Because the lion, there's a lion and he's pacing. He's pacing and he's back and forth, back and forth. And he's got the big poof of hair. So I think he's, uh, he's a boy, right? He's extra aggressive like uh, most dumb boys are. You know what I mean? And I think he, and I did, but I'll tell you right now, it's not the lion's fault. It's not the lion's fault. It's Charles Grodin's fault. Chuck Grodin was playing around. Because we had slipped in some whiskey and some jazz. So everyone in that zoo saw us walking around. And Chuck Roden's kind of uh, famous at this time. Charles, I try to keep his dignity intact there. And people are walking by. Yeah, Mr. Groden, could I have a, uh, an autograph uh, here on this napkin that I wiped my mouth on after I had my hot dog? And uh, he's he's trying to, you know, be nice. But also, we're just like, hey, leave us alone here. We're just two gentlemen, two consenting adults going to a zoo. Uh, so we started, we were drinking and we're giggling and we have like a cheeseburger at the stand there. And next thing you know, 
I don't know how it happened. He's talking to the lion. He's fighting. He's screaming at the lion. And actually he falls, but I hold on to him. And I'm I'm like, get the lion into the out of the arena, into its little doghouse. Um, uh, and uh, I'm, then I'll let go. I'm not letting go, even though there were some authorities around there. And I didn't want them to damage or shoot the lion. And they didn't. Uh, spoiler, they didn't. Chuck Rodenguff pulls out. Everything's fine. So I am watching this. A Lion King, a live action, and I'm having flashbacks to watching that lion salivate and looking up at Chuck Groden. That's how realistic this is. Uh, I, I know Johnny Favreau didn't do that, and he directed it there, but you got a lot of artists, and they're making its uh, photorealism or something like that. And um, these lions are talking, and I'm like, because I'll tell you what. About 32 minutes into the ordeal, I'm holding on to Groden like I've never hold on, uh, held on to anything in my life. Arms are sore, wrists are sore, fingers are breaking, my back is aching. I uh, still managed to get an extra sip of the whiskey in there. But I'm looking, I, after about 32 minutes, that lion was talking to me. I swear to God, that lion was talking to me. So I'm watching this picture the other night. I'm thinking, I'm having flashbacks. It wasn't, wasn't James Earl Jones. I wish it was back then because it, it was the height of Veda and everything like that. I, uh, you know, and you guys know I'm a fan of George Lucas there, but I had flashbacks there and I'm watching it. And you got the, uh, what's who's the British, uh, the British dweeb with the glasses uh, who's, uh, he, he has the show on the HBO. Uh, he, he, he attacks, uh, he attacks uh, police officers when he shouldn't. Uh, he, uh, he was, he's the bird. He's the bird. He's like, like a Toucan Sam character, and he's uh, flapping around there. And he, I got to admit, I don't like him too much, but he's funny. And uh, a lot of people uh, were in the picture doing funny things, doing serious things. Uh, you got, uh, you know, uh, what's the kid there? Not Jonah Hill, but the other one. Uh, yeah, that one. Seth Rogen. He's, he's great. I like Seth Rogen. I got no problem with him. He doesn't need my approval. But I would have given them a gold picture back in the day. So um, they're funny. They're singing the song. They, they do the uh, they do the song. The Are we away? Are we away? That's a, that's one of my favorite songs. You know how many times I made sweet love to a lady to that song in the sixties? In the jungle, the mighty jungle. The lion sleeps tonight. Not tonight, darling. Not tonight. It was a great song. It got me going. Uh, so they're singing that. I know it's a weird. I'm having a reaction. I'm listening to him singing the song, and I'm remembering, uh, you know, Soho in 1969. You know what I mean? Memories are coming back. Um, I don't remember her name. She doesn't remember not mem- remember my name. It doesn't matter. But I remember that song. Um, so I met her again. Whoever that girl was, I don't remember her name, but I met her again in an elevator in San Francisco, California, 1977. Uh, ding! I was up there looking at some side investments, some retail uh, uh, retail investments there, some uh, possibilities. I don't even remember if I took it. Ding! Elevator opens up, and it's her. I don't even remember her name. I remember her face. Pretty, brunette, tall, lanky. I look at her, and I pause, and she looks at me. And I go, does the lion sleep tonight? And she says, you bet it does. Walks away. Walks away. Never saw again. Anyways, they're funny. Everything's the story's pretty much the same. I don't understand. There's uh, one of the characters. He's a monkey. He's got a he's got a funny face. He's got a lot of bright colors, and he, he face paints everybody. He's like a he's like a clown down at a carnival. You know, everyone every time something happens, he's putting like a red face paint on everybody. Uh, he seemed in the in the regular picture. I remember him having a bigger part, and this time not so much. He, he does fight with a sword at the end, or something like that. Um, the plot doesn't matter. I can't believe they pulled this off, and it looks like it's out there, really on the Serengeti. I don't know where they shot it. Probably up at Santa Clarita somewhere uh, outside of Magic Mountain, and um, it looked like those goddamn lions were walking around uh, hunting deer and hyenas and, and stuff. Unbelievable. For a second, I'm forgetting it's a British comedian. I think it's a really, it's, it's a bird that's talking. And the songs were good. The songs were good. And it's nostalgia. What's wrong with nostalgia? Sometimes you can get a wash in it. That's all right. That's fine. 
But this was a, a testament to technology. And, and and I know they've done this. They did the Jungle Book one. And they did the teacup and the, and the candle movie. But they're only going to get better and better and better. My old pal, I knew him a little bit. I'd see him when we go over there to England. Uh, my old uh, old pal Pete Cushing was uh, in the first Star Wars picture. Uh, good man, fond of slippers. And uh, I, he passed away. It was a very sad time, by the way. But Pete Cushing was a great guy. He used to collect little army men. He loved little army men. Um he he, you know, he's not around for the uh, the, uh, the the Rogue Squad picture that the they put together for Star Wars. But the the family said it's okay. He put his uh, face in there, and I got to tell you, the first time I saw it, I was a little unnerved. Uh, then another actor playing him, uh, but they put his face over like a digital computer mask. I got to tell you, I, at first I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know about this. This is this is creepy. Also, you know, I knew Pete Cushing, so you know, I remember sitting across from him playing some cribbage. Uh, well, we're talking about uh, life in the, in, the, in, the, in the early 70s there, before he was even on the Star Wars picture. So I guess that's that's probably a weird experience for me. A lot of you out there probably just see, ah, it's, uh, it's the bad guy from the first Star Wars picture, uh, and uh, I'm seeing my friend Pete. So that might have been, but I look at it now. I, I got it on the big screen at home sometimes. I'll just put it in, because I miss him, and so I put it in and watch it, and uh, you know what? It, it looks okay. It looks good. I don't know if I would have given a go picture to it, but it looks good. And I think that was only a couple years ago, and the technology's already improved. And it's crazy. I remember 1981 range is when I first got a phone, a telephone device in my car. I had a Mercedes-Benz that was uh, one of those convertibles. You'd put down the leather top, and you'd 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 hit life, man. And I thought I was the king of the world because uh, if I wanted to, driving down, uh, you know, Hollywood Boulevard, hitting Fairfax, making a left, driving down Fairfax to third to get myself myself a donut at Bob's Donut at the farmer's market. I thought I was the king of the world when I could dial up a phone from my car. A beep, bop, boop, bop, let me talk to you. Years later, I hated that goddamn phone because I couldn't escape anything. And now we got it in our pockets, and I got one too. I got this game I play. Do you play this game, Petey? I got this game where I fling balls at bricks, and I try to break the bricks uh, uh, before they uh, crash down on me or something like that. And it's addictive, but it kind of makes me uh, relax there. But you can't escape the phone. I would go back, if I could, I'd go back in time to 1981, rip that phone out of my Mercedes-Benz. I remember one time I'm, I'm, I'm uh, riding along in the Benz with the top down, and I'm talking on the phone, and I hear a beep, beep, and I look over, and it's Dustin Hoffman riding around in his uh, convertible car. I don't know if it was a Benz or not. It might have, it might have been a Corvette. He was a movie star. He is a movie star, but then he was top of the world there. I, I think this was before Tootsie, which is one of my favorite pictures there. And he's looking at me, and he's got a phone too. And he's, beep, beep. And he's talking on the phone. I'm talking on the phone. And I just looked at him. I said, it doesn't get better than this, huh, Dustin? And we drove off there, and I got to tell you, it doesn't. But next thing you know, my point to all that is, in 1981, I got a brick wired into my car, I had to pull up an antenna that uh, reached uh, satellites themselves. In a couple of years, that gets better. Next thing you know, in the 90s, it's tiny. I got a pager. I got this. I got. And then, uh, you know, cell phones come out. And, oh, look at this. It fits in the palm of my hand. Now I got cell phones, you know, the thin, the size of my finger. And, 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 and it's crazy. Technology is crazy. In only a couple of years, they have turned... Uh, Pete Cushing into a realistic kind of creepy character in a picture to now you've got lions, uh, you know, making love in a, in a jungle. I mean, they didn't show it in detail. I wasn't hoping. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong there. I wasn't hoping. I get the idea. You roll around laughing. Things happen. And uh, they start singing. I, I'm okay with all that there, you know, but it blows me away. What are we going to do in two years, Petey? What kind of pictures are we going to make in two years? So I'm seeing a lot of things out there as we start to close. I'm not keeping you all uh, for a long time here. 
I see a lot of things out there. People being cynical. I don't like cynicism. I understand it. I understand the realistic takes we might have. I don't understand it, though. Don't live in it. Be cynical from now and now and now, time and again. That's fine. But don't live in it. Looking at all the film critics. Looking at all the people who go online talking about pictures. I know that's your job. I see a lot of them there saying, ah, it's a paper-thin plot. Well, what do you goddamn think it's going to be? It's a, it's, a, it's a cover song. We get it. It's for nostalgia. It's a money grab. If you don't try to grab money with your picture, you're not going to be making more pictures. Get it through your thick skulls. And I love art. I love art. There was one summer, uh, mid-80s, I went to New York City to visit Sly Stallone. His brother Frank was playing a, a gig uh, in Midtown. I went there. I love Frank Stallone. Every once in a while, I'll go over to uh, Vitello's over there in uh, Studio City and uh, sit down and have a drink with Frankie. Sly Stallone loves art, too. And we, I'll tell you what, we ended up getting two wall-sized canvases, bringing some lady friends of ours. We all stripped down naked, covered ourselves in paint, and we uh, rolled around on the on the canvases. Um, it was uh, a spectacular time. I love art. That's my point. Don't get me thinking about that there, Petey. I I love art, but you got to make money in this business. And I know there's, there are such things as hollow cash grabs. But I saw people at that screening with tears in their eyes. And yes, it might be a little bit of nostalgia. They might be going back to the childhood and the first time they saw the picture on that VHS tape in a clamshell holder. I get it. But that's real emotion. And if you're tapping into that, if Johnny Favreau's tapping into that, then that picture is a success. And I know what you're saying. They're just churning these out. But that's the genius of it. It has some weight to it. It has some merit to it. It's fun. I had fun laughing. The ferret and the warthog are running around singing. They're eating grubs. What's well, not the love? Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it, dummies. I need, I need a drag of the sick. But I'll tell you what. I came out of that thinking it tugged on heartstrings. It was fun. It looked like real lions were fighting hyenas in the desert. Which reminded me of a trip I took to Joshua Tree in 75. Long time ago. We saw some lions wrestling some hyenas. At least we thought, me and my party, I'll keep some of the names out of it to protect them. Um, turns out it was just some campus next door to us making love. But we thought it looked like a lion fighting a hyena. Um, and then the technology. What comes next? What comes next? This is a movie. And some of the movies that have come before, but I think this is where things started to come together. Well, yes, this is the Lion King redo. But you could start putting original things to this with this kind of technology and think of the stories you could tell and this movie had to happen. John Favreau, Johnny Favs, and his team, everyone at Walt Disney team, had to put this together so we could get to the next chapter of making pictures like this. And that's worth something to me. Just like that large corn I ordered with the extra in the tray next to me. We have a bounty of technology advancing, technological advancements. That's key. We had emotions. We had tears. We had laughter. That's what you're supposed to do, and it makes money. I know sometimes life is tough, and we want everything to be perfect up on that big screen. It ain't always perfect, and this movie's not perfect. But look at all the things that it just did. I walked out of there happy. I think if you're going to go see it with your kids, you're going to walk out of there happy. And you're going to have memories of your own, reliving memories you used to have, and they're going to create new memories. And God damn, I'll tell you what, that's why we go to the pictures. 
I'm serious. That's why we go to the pictures. I love it. Take it to the bank. I actually feel pretty good about this one, Petey. I feel I made something. I feel I, I feel I did something kind of important here. No? I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh we're almost out of here. We gotta go. I gotta do some of the uh I gotta do some of the little housekeeping there. Um, but I'm trying to uh I'm trying to get this list up here. I was supposed to read some names, but the list uh the list fell apart there. Uh, and it went off my screen, and it's, um, it's kind of interesting. Where did it go? Where'd that, where'd that list go? I don't know where that list went, Petey. You know, I'm supposed to read out the names. The names of all the people that don't look at me blankly. Yes, I've got the computer screen open, and it didn't. it's not opening here. I swear, I swear, I swear to all things holy. Um, uh, you want me to type it in here? I'm not going to stop the show. Anyways, you can listen to the Knapsack Files here. You're doing it now. You can listen on Anchor. You, su- you can support the show directly on Anchor. Uh, you can leave a message, and uh, Ken will answer it uh, in another program. You can support him uh, and the Knapsack Files podcast feed on Patreon, patreon.com slash Knapsack. And you can be like our executive producer supporters, uh, DJ Snacks, Real Snacks Attack, Thomas Risling. I'm supposed to say his name's also Sir Thomas the Tall, tall kid there. Uh, Lethal Logan X, uh, Matthew Simon, Bedore. Matt Thompson, he runs uh, Thompson Media Productions. So what if he wants to make a picture? Uh, Tamar and Abdul, they're out there in New York. The Brothers Bahuda, uh, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, who sent Ken recently. He, Ken has a snail mail address there, which in my day, that was just your address. And Nathan uh, Ovendale, a first-rate Nate, real first-rate chap, sent him a light sword. Uh, from the Star Wars picture. Uh, Zach Anderson, doing stand-up comedy out there in Wisconsin. I saw some of the other day. It's funny. Those are the executive producer supporters on the Patreon page of uh, Ken Napsuck. You can check it out there. Uh, follow him at Ken Napsuck. Go to that website, kennapsuck.com, and see if there's anything on there that you like. He's got a lot of shows. That's it for me now. Uh, hot damn, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, go see the Lion King picture. Don't, don't listen to a lot of people who are ripping it apart. That's just what people do. All right. We'll see you, Dutch Allen here. You got go picture, kids. I don't, I don't remember the names, but we were out there in Joshua Tree. Not one of us a stitch of clothing for four days. I got a, I got like a cactus in my balls. What I got? <laughs> <laughs>